0: I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio. Hello once again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your host, and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is, you guessed it, another chilling tale. This ghostly account, Story Club members, may make you want to hug your dog, if you have one, or avoid him or her for a spell. It's one I call Sally the Ghost Dog. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was the site of one of the biggest battles of the Civil War. There's much written about the conflict, and even the ghosts that have been spotted. But one ghost, who I don't think gets enough love, isn't a human soldier, but a canine one. Her name was Sally Ann Jarrett, and she's one of the most famous ghost dogs in history. Here's how the story goes. The fighting was fierce in Gettysburg on July 1st, 1863, as the Civil War battle raged. Sally the Bull Terrier was a Union Regiment's mascot. She stayed with the soldiers after the battle, keeping a lonely vigil over the men who had died. And to this day, many people believe the ghost of Sally still remains. Ed Kenny, a tour guide of the famous battlefield, says that in the early days of July, if you get too close to where the Union soldiers fell, it's said you can hear the ghostly growls of a dog. Some say it's Sally, still guarding her fallen comrades as she did when she was alive. During the early days of the war, Sally had been given to the 11th Pennsylvania Infantry as a puppy, specifically to Captain William Terry in the spring of 1861. Sally Ann Jarrett was named after an admired lady, and the original commanding officer of the regiment, Colonel Jarrett. She grew up with the men of the regiment and became a comrade-in-arms, sharing in their marches. On two separate occasions, Sally dutifully marched with the regiment in review before President Abraham Lincoln. Like her fellow soldiers, she also shared in the hardships, the extremes of the climate, and the dangers of battle. During the battles, Sally was known to take her position at the end of the line along with her fellow soldiers, barking as loud as she could at the enemy on the other side. She was with the troops for most of the war. At the Battle of Gettysburg, the Little Bull Terrier was with the men of the 11th PA throughout the conflict. During the course of the retreat through the town, she became separated from the unit Not knowing where they'd gone, she remembered where they had been and worked her way back across the field to the ridge and to her fallen comrades. There, amidst the wounded and the dead, Sally laid down and maintained a silent vigil over her friends for the remainder of the battle. After the Confederate Army retreated, a member of the 12th Massachusetts Infantry found her still lying among the dead, weak from lack of food, but alive. She was returned to her unit. Recovering quickly, Sally resumed her place in the regiment, serving faithfully through the balance of the war. On February 6, 1865, within two months of the war's end, she was going into battle with her regiment at Hatcher's Run, Virginia. During the course of the fight, though, Sally died. Such was the feeling of the men of the regiment towards their canine mascot that they buried her on the field despite the heavy enemy fire. One soldier noted, she shared all of our burdens. As a tribute, the Confederate combatants fired their muskets toward the sky until the Union soldiers were finished with their funeral services. Both sides returned fire after the faithful Terrier was buried. Years later, when designs for the regimental monument at Gettysburg were discussed, it was felt only appropriate that their little pet, their friend, and their comrade, Sally Ann Jarrett, be memorialized with the regiment. As I visited Gettysburg, I discovered that a monument stands there for the 11th Pennsylvania Infantry, which is dedicated to the heroic dead of the regiment. The monument stands silently atop Oak Ridge at the spot the soldiers defended that fateful afternoon of July 1st. Driving along the row of monuments honoring the men of the infantry division, you will immediately see a fine bronze statue of a skirmisher preparing to fire, sitting atop the 11th Pennsylvania Infantry Monument. But one thing I did notice while I was there, few bother to get out and walk to the front where another bronze statue can be found. The statue of a small dog curled up as if she's sleeping. Sally Ann Jarrett, the mascot of the army unit, was numbered among the heroic dead to whom the monument was dedicated. So just like people, animals can be ghosts too. According to the reports from witnesses around the area, As I was leaving, I saw for a moment what I thought was a brown and white dog walking in the fields, but then she disappeared from view. I'm not sure if it was Sally or another dog that looked like her, but I went home and gave my faithful toy poodle, Spike, a few extra belly rubs and treats for the love of our four-legged friends. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is, you guessed it, another chilling tale. This ghostly account, Story Club members, may encourage you to want to stay away from that neighborhood house that makes the chills run down your spine. It's one I call the house on Ravenclaw Lane. Do we really want to make a movie in this place? Steve Geisel asked the director, Kari Hamilton. This whole house has a seriously bad vibe. Kari had elected to make a movie for her fifth grade book report. English wasn't her best subject and she needed to ace this final report to get a passing grade or she wouldn't be able to play volleyball. She loved volleyball. She also liked shooting videos. So she figured if she made a 10 minute scary movie on her phone, editing it and adding creepy music, she would be safe. She had brought in three of her best friends, Steve Geisel, Melody Turner, and Larry Sanders. Steve had Kari's father's overcoat on and an old fedora hat that had belonged to her grandfather. He was dressed like Detective Sam Spaulding, the main character in the scary house book. The scene was Sam investigating the old dark house at the end of Ravenclaw Lane, where a hidden secret guarded by a ghost was kept. Can you think of a better place? Kari said. This house has serious production value. It's not like we can make this movie in my garage. Just go with it. Yeah, Melody said. But the stories of this house, we shouldn't even be in here. The house they'd snuck into was a crumbling Victorian mansion that was called the Downey House. It had a reputation around town for being the resident haunted house. Clara Downey was the last person who lived in the place. She died about 30 years ago under mysterious circumstances. One family had moved into the house after that, but fled in fear only a few months later. The house has been empty ever since. Most of this 19th century built house was ruined because people had snuck in and trashed the place and spray painted the walls. Dead flies laid in the sills of windows not broken. Dust caked cobwebs resembled dirty cotton candy. One area free and clean of debris was the staircase. The crumbling stairs covered in moth-eaten green carpet led up to the second floor. Rumors persisted that Clara Downey had been seen roaming the halls in her flowing white nightgown, carrying a candle. But they were just that. Rumors, fairy tales, ghost stories. The scene was that Steve, as Detective Sam Spaulding, would creep into the house. He'd have some lines with Melody, who was playing Helga von Broughton, a psychic medium who could speak to ghosts, After the disappearance of several people in the house, the detective was called in and this was where he finally traced them. With the help of the psychic medium, he would find the people and stop the ghost, who, in the book, was Rapperty Crandall, a curmudgeonly old ghost who didn't like people on his lawn or in his house. Larry would play the old ghost. Kari had painted up his face to make him look pale, and he wore some torn up clothes they got from Goodwill. This was the climactic scene on the stairs at the end of the book where Spaulding and psychic Von Broughton battle wits with the ghost before sending him to the other side forever. Kari had spent last night writing up the script. She'd printed out the ten pages, which her actors were passing around, going over their lines. Melody was the only one with any real acting experience. She'd been in a couple of the school plays. Steve was a slightly better actor than Larry. That's why he got the lead and Larry got the ghost. The shoot went longer than expected. They'd started in the afternoon, but it was growing dark fast, and the autumn light was fading. They'd brought a couple of flashlights for movie lights just in case. They would also shine the lights under Larry in his ghost costume to make him look scarier. We denounce you, Spirit Rapperty Crandall, Melody said. Cross over to the other side and leave this house. Kari filmed Steve and Melody, who were acting up a storm. They didn't fumble over their lines and they seemed genuinely scared. How did they do that? Steve gasped and pointed. Then Melody fell to her knees. Okay, they were really overdoing the scared part. Kari decided to roll with it though, and she panned her camera back up to Larry as the ghost on the stairs. He had his arms raised and the light strategically placed under him that gave him an eerie glow. But that wasn't the scary thing. It was the ghost floating behind Larry in the blackness, the walking spirit of Clara Downey holding her candle and looking disapprovingly at Larry. He turned, realizing who the true ghost in the room was and screamed. There's a saying that art imitates reality. In this case, the unreal reality of Clara Downey stole the show. Let's hope Kari got some usable footage before they ran out of that haunted house screaming. Hello, once more R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your host with the most, and keeper of those weird and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This ghostly account, Story Club members, may make you want to stay away from crossing bridges. It's one I call Emily's Haunted Bridge. There have been countless reports, devoted listeners, of haunted houses, haunted restaurants, and even haunted movie theaters. But did you know there's at least one report of a haunted bridge? Located two miles north of Stowe, Vermont, the old covered bridge is often called Emily's Bridge. Many of the locals believe it's haunted. Heck, I'm not even a local and I believe it's haunted. That's why I didn't spend much time in Vermont visiting it. Also known as Goldbrook Bridge or Stowe Hollow Bridge, it's mostly referred to as Emily's Bridge. It was named after Emily Smith who lived during the later half of the 1800s. One of the most popular stories is that Emily rode on a horse-drawn wagon. It was her wedding day, and she was about to cross the covered bridge. The horse bolted, and it threw Emily out of the wagon. She fell and died on the rocks below. Another story of Emily also happened on her wedding day. When her groom decided that he didn't want to marry Emily, she threw herself off the bridge. There are a number of different stories about Emily Smith, but all the stories seemingly surround her tragic wedding day. Built in 1844, Emily's Bridge is a covered bridge that also happens to be the oldest in the county. The bridge, which spans Gold Brook, is 50 feet long. It has an unpainted board sliding and a metal roof. The most famous bridge haunting happened to Ed Rhodes around 1975. Ed is a lifelong resident of Stowe and a descendant of the original settlers. One night during a thunderstorm, Ed rode in a car with his friend, Jim Holden. To escape the pounding rain, Ed, who drove, pulled his car into Emily's bridge. It had only been a few moments after Ed had parked the car when Jim said, Let's get out of here. Ed hit the gas and the car roared off the bridge. What happened? He asked Jim as he stopped his car near the bridge. I heard a voice, Jim said. A female voice that yelled help. Let's go back and check it out," Ed said. Ed pulled the car back to the same spot on the bridge. Only moments after he parked the car, something strange occurred again. A white light flashed on the side of the bridge. It was like a strobe light. It flashed a half dozen times. Frightened, Ed sped the car off the bridge and raced back toward town. He never forgot that night. Other townspeople have reported warm spots on the bridge during the chill of January and others have reported cold spots on the bridge during the blistering heat of July. Hats have been reported to be blown off when there was no wind. Another incident involving Ed Rhodes occurred around 1987. He was leading a local tour of Stowe and the surrounding area. One of the tourists Ed led was a seven-year-old girl. The little girl had told Ed about a dream that she had the night before. She said she dreamt about a woman in a flowered white dress with long, brown hair. The seven-year-old told the tour guide this before they had entered Emily's Bridge. When the tour group stepped into the bridge, the little girl cried out and pointed, That's her! The woman from my dream! Right there! Another bizarre incident that occurred at Emily's Bridge involved a fashion photographer. The photographer, along with some models, was shooting pictures in the area. They were taking advantage of the scenic New England landscape. The photographer shot pictures of the models at Emily's Bridge. Later, a strange thing happened. When the photographer develops the film, the pictures turned out perfect. All the photos except for the one shot on Emily's Bridge. The bridge and the surrounding area were in focus, but all the models were strangely out of focus. They appeared on the photo as nothing more than a blur. And so if you're ever in the area near Stowe, Vermont, you might come across a covered bridge. That's Emily's Bridge, the largest covered bridge in the county. And if you see, or hear, something that you can't quite explain, don't be surprised. It's probably just Emily Smith letting you know she's there. I'll let you in on a little secret, devoted listeners. I didn't wait around that bridge for the ghost of Emily Smith to tell me anything, thank you very much. Vermont is a gorgeous state with covered bridges, famous fall foliage, and lots of maple syrup, yum. But I keep away from covered bridges, especially the one known as Emily's Bridge. She can have it, forever. Did you know there are a whole bunch of Go Kid Go shows? Of course, there's the RL Stein Story Club, and you're a member. There's also Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila. And Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or RL Stein Story Club wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find your way. Come back tomorrow for another episode, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out. Aren't adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep. My purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing! I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful. I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian. I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them? With your sword? In a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out. As long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app.